Welcome back to Chop for Time, everyone. Uh, it's Thomas McClure here, joined by Pastor Ben. Again. Snowmageddon. Uh, Snowmageddon. Happening oh, yeah, it's later this week. Do you have milk? Do you have bread? Do you have <laughs> eggs? I don't know why we need milk and bread. I'm highly caffeinated this morning. I'm I, sorry. I, I can tell. No, uh, I'm doing well. How are now you? I'm, now, I'm, now I'm questioning if we have milk and eggs and everything that we need. <laughs> because but. you need bread dipped in milk, it's apparently. True. It's whenever. true. It's true. You know what I need, actually... You know, it's something in small town living that I, that everybody in, you know, rural America seems to have that I don't have yet is an egg guy. You know, so, someone who you get your eggs from. Yeah. I don't have someone to get eggs. As my wife calls them, chicken eggs. Chicken eggs. That's what she calls fresh eggs because apparently the eggs that you get at the store. They're not chicken eggs? I, I guess not. I don't know. But yeah, Fair chicken enough. eggs. Fair so, enough. Yeah. Well, if any of you have chickens and tons of eggs you need to get rid of. Hit me up. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the the <laughs> difference with the eggs uh, is I liken it kind of to when you go from standard definition on your television mm. to high def. Right. When you move to high def, you're like, okay, there's a difference here. Right. right. You know, it's not it's not blowing me away so much. But then, but then when you go from high def back to standard definition, mm. you're like, I don't even know how I watched this before. You know, I can't I, right. I can't see anything. It's kind of the same thing with eggs. You know, when you go to the fresh eggs, you're like, right. okay, it's good. You know, I can tell a right. difference. But then when you go back, man, it's like, what what's this garbage? Right. This, what, what is this garbage? Right. I don't know how I ever ate this before. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen a standard definition TV in a long time. You're saying that that's... Was that an old slam? That was an old no, reference, not at all. wasn't it? Not at all. Hey, I had a black and white TV in our kitchen when I was a kid. You're saying, so. hey, old guy, welcome to the <laughs> welcome to 2020s. Yeah. yeah come back you out mean of the 4K 90s. to 1080p, right? That's, yes, yeah, that's okay, exactly so. what I'm talking about. So Sunday. You are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys could have seen the dead stare that I got when he said that, it was great. Um, so Sunday. Sunday, let's talk about, about Jesus. Sunday, yeah. Uh, so we've been continuing our our story our story our yes um, study through the, the book story of, of Jesus. That's what we talk um, about, and we're on week five. So originally, so was it week five for sure? Because I got kind of mixed up in. Was there th- four Sundays? I think in? it was. Yeah, I think you're we, right. Um, regardless, it was it was an extra week than we were expecting. It's it almost to be. like I have a device here that has some type of calendar on it that could tell me that. But no, we, January had five Sundays. That's uh-huh, what I was okay. thinking. So it's week six. We're on week six. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so, you know, we, we were going to go into something else in yes. February, but we ended up t- taking even more time to go through Ephesians yeah. than we expected. And disclaimer, this may happen frequently right. throughout this year because we do have the year through Ephesians mapped out. Mm-hmm. We may stay with that. Who knows? It may right. fall right into line with what we have planned out now. Chances of that, probably not good, right. though. So. Right. This is, I think, there's been two or three times now we've looked at a, Twice. a passage yeah. that we think, yeah, let's go through that. And then we realize it's too much. Yeah. And it's only six verses. <laughs> so we're like, maybe we just do three at a time because yep. there's so much in this book. Um, this week, I mean, you, you made it very clear uh, versus. Uh, so Ephesians one verses nineteen through twenty three, mm-hmm. that the the theme is power. Yes, um, through and through. No. Number one, that's yeah. kind of the no deviation to that. Yeah, and and again, if you if you haven't heard this this sermon from Sunday, do go listen to it or watch it again. It's up on Facebook, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. Yep. It's um, through at our podcast or website. Yep, you can't get away from it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, there's a few things, just a few highlights that I had that I love to point yeah, out and, yeah, and go over um, and probably just dive a little deeper into um 
one of the things that, well, just in general, the the word power, and you used a couple of analogies of mm-hmm. things that you find powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, you had the story of the guy who um, Dude. tackled Dude. you, yeah. which, I mean, literally gave me PTSD to my <laughs> first ever experience of trying to play rugby. Um, when I was, um, if you don't know anything about rugby, it's basically American football, but a little more violent and with no padding. No pads, no <laughs> helmets. Just <laughs> right. go after yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, just skulls. Much respect to those of you who play rugby. Right, yeah. I was not one of those kids. Yeah. I I think I was about 14 or 15. I was four foot eight, like super short, super skinny, tiny little kid. And they put me as a flanker, which is the one who does all the tackling. Mm-hmm. I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> this is the first time I'd ever played. And I got put up against this guy called Kingsley, who was probably about 250 just, pounds. That's such a UK name. Right. Is, yeah. like Kingsley. <laughs> yeah, he's like 250 pounds, massive guy. And he, at the very start of the first game, someone threw me the ball, which was a mistake. Um, and Kingsley came charging at me and did what is called a dump tackle, which is whenever you grab someone, you lift them off the ground and slam them into For the For those of you who are WWF slash WWE fans, that's a power bomb, oh, yeah. is what okay. that's called. Yeah. So I never played rugby again. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't blame you. Yeah, it's, 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 that's wisdom on display. Right, but it was the same sort of thing of that experience of something far more powerful yeah. than yourself. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, yep. done. nope, I'm done. Um, and again, you also talked about the waves mm-hmm. and the, you know, being tossed around in the ocean, you know, um, but that compared to the power that is Jesus yeah. is like nothing, yeah. you know. Well, we, you know, the, the ultimate power that I talked about that we know about mm-hmm. black holes, you know, mm-hmm. is pretty much scientifically the most powerful thing that we know of and we don't even know the full potential of their power Uh, to the place i almost went full-on nerd sunday morning (laughs) but that was one of the things that was chopped for time i mean even one of the most powerful beings in the marvel universe galactus Mm -hmm. which is a destroyer of planets is Mm -hmm. basically about a black hole Mm -hmm. so i mean even in superhero universes the supreme power one of the supreme powers is similarity to a black hole but yet we serve a savior that just through the power of a spoken word of his that's not even a flex man you know he's he he just he speaks it yeah and that most powerful thing is just it it's irresistible it has no choice but at his spoken word right boom there it is Yeah. yeah that was one thing actually we we were talking with the youth a couple of weeks ago about spiritual stuff and one of the stories that we looked at was, uh, I think it's in Second Kings, and there's uh, they're planning on how they're going to take out King Ahab, mm-hmm. um, and it says the spirit comes along and puts forward this plan, and Yahweh turns to him and says, "You will succeed in your plan." It's just he speaks success into situations. Like we talk about him speaking creation into order, mm-hmm. but it's not just physical things. He can literally speak success into life and yeah. and plans and things that go on and just yeah, yeah. incredibly yeah. powerful no one else can do that yeah. i mean he speaks success into the plans that are his plans yeah 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 it, it's not that we come up with the plans right. right um and just because we've come up with them and we believe yes. in yeah. him that yeah. these plans are successful now i think that's a that's a clarification point that's yeah. uh, worthy to throw yeah. out there yeah um but yeah, just the, the emphasis on the word power. And you also mentioned that, in, you know, if you were to read it in Greek and do a very basic translation, mm-hmm. it doesn't really make sense because it's basically the word power like six times. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. whatever it was. It's you know? four. 
Yeah, there's four, four straight, yeah. You know, so clearly this is the key theme. And the fact of the matter is that the the character that they're talking about for this power is Jesus. Um, which is kind of a cool thought because, you know, the whole way through the Bible, when we're talking about the power of God, it's always referred to as Yahweh or mm-hmm. like... Um, maybe the angel of the Lord or like this sort of more, much more elevated like spiritual transcendent being and all of a sudden we have this talking about a human being yeah he or, gets, well a human being who's also fully God but it's right, a whole new right. a whole new um, way of talking about mm-hmm. power is that there's actually there was someone there, there's there is a target mm-hmm. you know there is a physical manifestation of a target yeah that did more than come and then leave relatively quickly. Right, this right. is this is a physical manifestation of a target that came, that dwelled amongst them, mm. lived amongst them, walked yeah. with them, talked with them. Yeah. Um, so there's this bringing it down, and you hate to say bringing Christ down to their level, but I mean, that's what he did. Right. Um, right. Fully God, yes, but also fully man. He came to our level. Right. Uh, so, you know, this well, is... Doesn't, isn't it John where he says that he emptied himself? Yeah. The idea that he yeah. just lay everything else aside so yeah. that we could even begin to comprehend, yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, what he was like. Um, yeah. And that's just so cool. Yeah, but then yeah, that the the whole reference to the power of you know it's the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the power of the power of his power is right. is a very stiff, rigid, literal right. translation because we don't have the words to adequately translate the Greek mm. um, references there. So you know Paul's making these references to he's acknowledging that God is actively currently working his will and working um, his plan on the earth in certain areas and then this it's done through um, you know using his strength which is another um, nuance of that word power um, by um, you know establishing his dominion so there's all of these nuances to that word power that we just really say that's power Mm. It's power, right? Um, so, and then he, you know, he kind of goes on here to talk about those things, mm. and he comes right out of the gate swinging with verse twenty, uh, that sets Christ apart. Really, right. yeah. Yeah, he just says that you know, for it's that power that God used to raise Christ from the dead, mm. and that establishes yeah. him in a position that only he occupies, right. because no one else in the history of mankind has ever been powerful enough to defeat death. Right. None of us will. Right. In a physical sense, none of us are going to defeat death. We're going to share in his resurrection. It's going to be a spiritual resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I could, as, as you started to say it, I could hear so many skeptical biblical voices in, in, my head and around the place sort of being like well what about Lazarus but I was like well that was him too <laughs> you, you know, know what um, um, Lazarus ultimately died right again right <laughs> Jesus yeah. raised, yeah. raised him from the dead I mean but it was still uh, his power that, that yeah. did the yeah. miracle of yeah. bringing back life yeah. it's all him what, it's all his power what 
what voice was the one that said Lazarus come forth? Exactly, it was Christ. Yeah, uh, and you know some people, and this is sidetracking. Well, I'll do this very quickly, um, but you know through miracles like the raising of the dead, right? You know stuff like that, healing, uh, deliverance, whatever, freedom from oppression. Mm-hmm. So many people say that it's because of faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, true, right. but whose faith? Because you can't formulate that in Scripture. Because in some places, it's the person who needs the touch. It's Jesus said it's by your faith. Right. By the, the paralytic man who was lowered down through the roof to get him into the presence of Jesus. It was because of the faith and the resolve of his friends. Right. When we look at the case of Lazarus, how much faith did Lazarus have? Mm-hmm. None. I mean, right. the dude was dead. Yeah. So if we're trying yeah. to formulate this and equate this into a... Um, you know, a result of where we can boil it down to faith. Mm. Jesus just blew that up with 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 Lazarus, and again, yeah, he raised him from the dead, right? But Lazarus eventually went the way of the grave, right? Right, exactly. Jesus did not. Yeah, yeah. Um, you sort of led on after that of you know, sort of the 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 power that is ultimately Christ's. Um is revealed and executed through his body right yeah um, which i feel like can bring about a few responses or not not like responses but like um people will take it in different ways mm-hmm. so um which obviously it's in the last couple of verses there verses 22 and 23 yeah and he put all things under his feet and that's got god putting all things under christ's feet mm-hmm. and gave him as head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Um, and it's his body, we are his body, right? The, the church being his body, yep. the fullness of him who fills all in all. Um, now, there are certain things biblically and like faith-wise that I really wrestle with. And this is actually one of those things. Okay. Is, uh, is the whole area of, and I, I don't know if any of our listeners find this as well, but there's a lot biblically that we've been given authority. That's something that I find really difficult is Mm -hmm. one, knowing how to use that authority, accepting that I've been given authority because I know I'm not worthy of the authority. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, because so often, I mean, my attitude typically is, well, I can't do any of this at all. So I'm just, I'm going to pray that Jesus comes in and does it. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is part of it and is true. But, there's also there's this balance that we have to find and and you you can dive into this a lot more but i i struggle to find that balance of recognizing that despite the fact that i'm not worthy christ has given me authority and responsibility Mm -hmm. to do what he's called me to yeah i think that that's being yoked with christ right as we look back to that example we did a couple weeks ago because it's a uh, you know my yoke is easy my burden is light we come alongside of christ right uh, by his plan, by his design, he has handcuffed himself to us, and that's what we see right. in this. You know, the, his power is fully revealed. The fullness of him is through his body, through the right. church. Right. Um, we don't we don't put the yoke on Christ because right. here's here's kind of the danger of what you were talking about. Again, mm-hmm. there's there's dangers in both extremes right. of us setting back, going, okay, I'm not worthy of the authority, which right. we're not. 
Right. Granted, that's 100% right. accurate. But we also don't sit by, if we're using the yoke and the plowing the field analogy, we're also not putting Christ into a singular yoke and then us stand back on the side of the field and then say, okay, my authority is given to me, but it's all Jesus doing it. So I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to command Jesus. Right. You know, Jesus, right. I need you to do this right. as we set off into the shade and, and don't do any work. Right. But then at the same time, it's not like we need to be running Jesus out of the right. field too and saying, hey, I got this. I can do this myself. I know what needs to be yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, so it all comes back to this reliance upon him mm. because it's God fulfilling his will through the power that Christ gives to the church. Right. So we've been given authority, no question about that. Right. But with that authority given by Christ comes an expectation of us to steward that authority the way that Christ would steward that authority. And if we abuse that authority and do not steward it and implement it and enforce it the way that Jesus Christ gives us instruction to, then we're going to be held accountable for that. Right. Right. With any authority, whether that be in church, whether that be spiritual, whether that be secular, in a job, in a governmental role, whatever, all authority, because that's what he says here, that all authority has been given to him over all things that's been placed under his feet. So any authority that's established here on earth is not gained by us, it's given to mm-hmm. us. And whether we, whether the person that's in authority is a Christ follower, believer or not, then at some point they are going to be judged for the way they're going to be held accountable right. for the way that they handled that authority. Mm-hmm. It's the same with us. It's not like us going around with, hey, we've got this spiritual gun that we've got the authority of right. now. It, it's basically, you know, we, we have the authority of Christ, right. but it's not ours to abuse and implement right. uh, in the name of the Lord. Right. It, it's a constant seeking after Him. Mm. And allowing that authority to flow through us, hmm. um, I don't know if that makes any sense yeah. or not. No, I think, but I think you're right. I think we, from what I can tell, most people have a tendency to go one way or the other. Of, uh, I'm going to sit back and marvel at Christ doing the work mm-hmm. and watch Him pull the yoke, mm-hmm. which is wrong right. because it is a partnership. Right. Or you have the other side of. I'm just going to do um, everything. Well, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm motivated. I'm excited. Jesus, step back. I got this. Yeah. You're like, well, that's dumb too. Yeah. Like, yeah. In the name of Jesus, balance, I do these things. And Jesus right. is just like, listen, I got nothing to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, finding that balance is tough. It is. Um, yeah. Of being humble enough to not think I got this, mm-hmm. but being confident enough in your salvation and in your Savior to know oh, I can actually be a part of this at the same time. You know, finding that balance is definitely a challenge. Um, And I don't know if anybody listening has that difficulty, but I I know the one word that always, it's like the moist to me out of the Bible is authority. Mm -hmm. Something that I wrestled with a lot um, and still do, especially when it comes to signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that is, that I find very challenging. Yeah. um, For sure. Um, But you, you did then throw in the example of this. Which I, I mean, you know, you, you said came to you on Saturday, mm-hmm. the day before, but it is funny because we do sometimes read this stuff and it's like, oh, well, what does that actually look like? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wait, it's in the Bible. Hey, there's, <laughs> um, there's actually something written about that. Yeah. Diving into Acts and just like looking yeah. at, at, at that story. Yeah. Whenever that began to hit me, um, just the kind of the weight of those last two verses, 
of this unbelievable power that mm-hmm. we've been talking about here. And what Paul talks about is the immeasurable greatness of his power. Mm-hmm. Then when we get that revelation and that weight hits us that his purpose and his plan is that this power be on display through the church, through the right. local church. Right. Um, then you have to step back you step back and ask yourself a couple questions. Do we see any evidence of this? You know, do we see his power on display right. through our church? And then we have to kind of, along with that evaluation, go, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And as I'm at, as I was asking myself that question on Saturday, reviewing this passage, that question hit me of like, okay, what does what does this look like? I need to be able to tell the congregation something. I feel like there has to be at least a visual imagery. Right. What does this look like? Um, and then I was trying to think of examples, and I was like, wait a minute, moron, Acts chapter two. Right. And then we went, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. You know, he's talking about being devoted to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, praying mm-hmm. together, fellowshipping together daily. Um, which, side note, if you look at any place on earth, there's a couple places right now that's really experiencing what I would consider to be significant revival. If you study those and what's happening, there's... A few common denominators, but one of them is they're meeting together daily. Right. Yeah. We think it's a sacrifice to meet together once a week. Right. Yeah. Say law. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we started seeing these things in the book of Acts, and it says that they were in awe or in reverence, in fear (laughs) of him. They were just all struck by him. And then signs and wonders began to break out amongst them. And then it closes that passage. You're talking about the numbers, massive numbers were being added to the church daily. Yeah. It's just such a powerful passage of scripture. Yeah. Um, And that, what you're saying there as well about like just the, the act two stuff of the church being together daily like a lot of that stuff in Acts 2 or just in general about Acts and the church the early church functioning um, was not fun for them right because there was a lot of persecution there was a lot of martyrdom oh yeah but there was this weird and extreme uh, joy Mm -hmm. that seems to be portrayed amongst the people you know of their community of their um, fellowship even even when things are far worse off than we have right now you know, um, worse than what's going on in China and other places around yeah. the world. Like people were being killed, people were being fed, fed to lions. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point for for following Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of thinking of like, well, you know, that's so different to what we have now. But I don't know if I, I think there are people here in FCC who I can see that happening. Like there are people here who who are part of our church who are walking in and out of this building every single day being involved in ministry aspects or doing things Mm -hmm. and there is a level of joy amongst us with them as a community because there's this camaraderie Mm -hmm. of you know this is staff and volunteers um of things and like it's not a huge amount of people who are here all the time and that's understandable because people have jobs but i think um there is a level of joy that comes with that and like i mean not to plug this, but there's so much stuff to do here mm-hmm. that 
if people want to get involved and experience Thomas, what being are you part talking of this? about? We work one day a week. <laughs> Sunday. Sundays, right. For an hour yeah. to an hour and a half. Right. Don't don't try to make it sound yeah. like it's something it's not. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, but like there's so many areas that people can get involved in. There's so much more that this church could do if if we had that level of involvement and engagement yeah. that the early church had. Yeah. You know, and that's not me saying that we expect everyone to be here nine to five every single day. Of mm-hmm. course not. That would be ridiculous. But um like we'll see, especially throughout the rest of this book, there is such an emphasis on, on us gathering together and being in fellowship together. Regularly. Regularly. I think I think that's the I think that's the word for our time. Right. And what we need to instead of trying to put definite parameters right. around it. I, I think the regularity is important right. for us. Right. And then you know, you talking about that, the joy in, in tough situations. We we touched briefly on Acts chapter four. Mm-hmm. You know, we see where a couple of the disciples were in prison. They were right. were beaten. They were had death threats against them, and right. finally they were released. And the condition upon their release was for them to not speak in the name of Jesus anymore. Right. Uh, and they go first place they go is to their church family. Hmm. You know that who was holding basically a prayer meeting right. for them, and they go, they gather together again, they tell them what had happened. And then they break into this fervent group corporate prayer for more boldness mm. to do the very thing that landed them in persecution to begin with. Mm. It just doesn't make sense. Right. doesn't right. make sense to us in our natural minds. But that's what we're talking about, mm. of that irrepressible, undeniable hunger and thirst after God and seeing right. his will being done. Right. Yeah. Um, and... and one thing I was thinking about is that sometimes, especially in our culture at the moment, a lot of people, a lot of evangelicals look at our current climate and think um, the big C church is losing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think it was just something that I was reflecting on um, yesterday during during the sermon is that like, I don't think we can fully have our focus on the big C church in America until we really get the small local C church right. Yeah. You yeah. know, if if we if we can't get the gathering together as believers um, and, and the encouragement of one another and the worship of, of our Savior together right in our small C church, in our local church, if we can't get that right, I don't think we can really be surprised if the big C church... I, I, I agree with that. And then I think that there's uh, an even there's another domino that needs to fall from that. The local church isn't going to get it right unless the individuals that make up right. this family. Mm. We'll speak for FCC specifically. FCC is never going to truly fulfill our God-given destiny as a family, as right. a corporate body, without our individual members mm. being on that trajectory as well. Not there, right. because none right. of us are ever going to get truly right. there. Right. But walking down the path. Walking that. Yeah. Um and, and that's you know, it, that's another one of those interesting balances. Right. Um because for me to fully fulfill my purpose in God, I need you as well. Right. I need I need my church family. I need you to be pursuing God. I need you to be going after him. That and you need me to be doing that right. as well. Right. Uh, the the 
the mindset of I just need Jesus, it's just me and Jesus. I, I get the concept behind that, but that's not biblical right. at all. Right. Not even close. Right. Um, yes, we need Jesus. That's the primary source, but I need you also. Yeah. You need me, yeah. and, and we need our church family to be, again, this fullness yeah. of him that fills all in all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I realize we're running on a little bit on time, but were there any other areas that you had chopped this week? Um, verse 21, I mean, there was so much there uh, because we see we could have broken down into three or four weeks of what it meant for him to be far above, number one, all rule, mm-hmm. number two, all authority, Number three, mm-hmm. all power, and number four, all dominion. Um, but then we, you know, we did take a little bit of time to look at that every name that is named, right. um, because that would that would have been a big deal. Mm-hmm. That statement would have had a lot of weight to both Jewish and Gentile mm-hmm. Christians at that point for different reasons, which I talked about a little bit in the sermon and won't cover now. But you know, that's kind of how we closed the message too, was with a little bit of practical challenges mm-hmm. for us because. For American believers, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily so much um, other names or other gods, right. official right. gods. Right. I say that with air quotes. Right. Um, challenging the name of Jesus, mm. but it's those idols and those things that we right. elevate above Him. And, right. and again, I gave eight examples of what could have been a million examples. Right. On right. Sunday, but there's um, a, there's a lot of things we face every day. Yeah. A lot of names yeah. that too often we elevate above mm. the name of Jesus. And actually, your example is really good as well because they weren't things that we typically would think of. Sometimes when you think of things that we put above Jesus, we think of money, relationships, mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. which but are you, true. Which yeah. yeah, but you actually also added to that list of the problems that we have that we hold above and say, well, God can can change that. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. just as much as money, mm-hmm. you know, can be a huge problem. Um, and I think, yeah, that was really, really great because I think there was not a single person in the room who can get away from one of those phrases yeah. in some capacity. Yeah. I know. know I didn't escape um, yeah. <laughs> several of them, as a right. matter of fact. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I just, I just love, I'm, I'm loving this book. Um, I, one thing that just stands out to me, it's kind of nerdy about this last little chunk was that how well it's written to a people group that is made up of so many different peoples. Yeah. Right? So just in these last three verses, there are so many things that are you know, clearly aimed towards Jews, Jewish thinkers and believers, you know, with, with the, and he put all things under his feet and yep. you know, the idea that he was raised um, uh, into the heavenly places and Jews would be hopping back to all these other prophecies. Daniel and, and Psalms. And yeah. 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 And then you got the other bits above all other rules and authorities and, you know, that's talking to the Gentiles who have mm-hmm. multiple other gods or Caesar or whoever. Yeah. It's just the beauty of scripture of being able to meet so many people where they're at. Yeah. In three verses. Yeah. He's already talking to people from every single world experience. Yeah. And has brought something meaningful to that, which it's I just beautiful. think is, yeah. is fantastic. Um cool. You got any other thoughts for today? No, we're 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 stepping away uh, for the next three weeks is three, the plan yeah. from our study in Ephesians and, and we're gonna Look at a couple examples of God's love and the mm. the restorative nature of His right. love, and then we're at the beginning of March. We're going to jump right back in uh, to Ephesians and start mm-hmm. in chapter two, which uh, you know that's going to be a message that you're going to be preaching. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we've already talked about that I know that you're perfectly aware of, uh, but that we need to make sure that we reset in our minds is chapter two 
doesn't start a break in thought. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's a continual, you know, it's just a continuation of yep. chapter one. Yep. So it's not like Paul went, okay, uh, close the door on that one. Now let's start right. a new, it, it's right. continuing to build on itself. Right, absolutely. Excited about it. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us this week, and we'll hopefully chat to you again next time. What, what are we here for? Chop for time. Chop for time. <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs>